Hey everyone, it's Michael. Before we begin, want to remind you all to join the new Union Sports Goalkeeping Community, a social media network that reimagines how we engage, educate, and entertain one another. To download free, go to www.theunionsports.com or the Union Community on Apple or Google Play stores. Thanks for making the Union possible, and on with the show. Welcome to Inside the 18. I'm Michael Majid, live from Hollywood, California. With me, no 99 World Cup winner, Suskia Weber, because we're making this Midwest today. This is an NCAA tournament special going on right now. Uh, all the way from the Midwest, joining us, the one and only Stan Anderson from Camp Shutout. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Love me some Michael Majid. Oh, my God, you are too sweet. And uh, we got to keep that Midwest contingent going. But uh, somebody that's actually 10 minutes away from me, and we probably should have just done this in person. Uh, we have Northwestern <laughs> assistant coach Morgan Rule joining us and Shamrock the dog. I don't know where Shamrock the dog went, but uh, yeah, Shamrock should be lost. joining us as well. <laughs> we lost Sham. I'm sure he'll make a little uh, special appearance in the background. List. I'm sure if any of my players walk by, they'll they'll poke their head in even they were told not to, but Lord knows. <laughs> how is Shamrock on through balls, Morgan? I want to really know how, how Shamrock I feel like he'd balls. be, he'd be pretty tenacious. I'd have a lot of, okay. a lot of faith in him. Lots of bravery. Yeah. <laughs> Very solid. And Stan, you're saying that, uh, that peanut is not going to make an appearance because there's just too much going on. Yeah. I got a, right I got now. a closed door here. We're getting a lot of new floors in the house and, uh, <laughs> there might be some loud banging going on. And if that is, I don't know if it's peanut harassing the workers or if that's the actual install. So <laughs> we'll oh see. My gosh. I absolutely love it. Well, Morgan, you're, you're here in LA for people who don't know uh, you're at Northwestern, obviously an assistant coach over there, but you all have an appearance tomorrow uh, for maybe any of the local listeners that are watching right now. What's going on tomorrow? Kind of a big day for you. Yeah, pretty big day. So we take on Bandy at 4 PM. Uh, we're, playing in the bracket with UCF, UCLA, uh, ourselves and Bandy. So we play at four and then UCLA and UCF uh, take the stage after us. So trying to advance to Sunday, uh, trying to have a good show. And so if you're here, feel free to come out. It should be a good game. We're excited. We're kind of uh, unofficially tagging this Bandy Northwestern game as the battle of the brains. Um, so come on out. Good soccer, smart people. We love it. <laughs> a lot of smart people in the Midwest stand, huh? Well, yeah, but I, I, I'm, I'm checking to see if it, not not me included. I, I, I couldn't spell ACT when I took the ACT. So um, at, at the end of the day, that's out, that's outstanding for you guys. Congratulations on a on thus far a great season. Thank you. And you know what? And, and, and Morgan, that's actually a real, really fun thing that, that Stan just brought up there. And obviously you bringing up with the battle of the brains right there. Um, <laughs> I've, I've had this conversation with Paul Hart at Stanford in regards to, from a recruiting standpoint, you all have some certain challenges that let's just say other universities don't have. Yeah, a little bit. I would feel like in general, we don't run into it too much from the recruiting side because a lot of, uh, fortunately, a lot of women's soccer players are really good from a time management standpoint that it's not like a crazy thing to try and think of managing high school soccer and like a crazy club schedule and then transitioning that to college. Um, I think something that we do well is just the resources. So getting people into Northwestern um, can be tough, but it's not something that's like not doable at all. And then once we get here, like our student athletes are usually fine. Like they're 
on top of it. Time management is a huge thing um, in general. So they, they crush that all the time. As I'm sure you'll see them, like I said, walking back and forth with their books. They're in like taking exams in our meeting space. So they're on top of it, but that's yeah, good. Yeah. You know, Stan, you're not you're not a stranger to. And by the way, both of you feel free to step in any time. So I'm just not talking the entire time. But you're not a stranger to kind of that time management aspect. Obviously, you know, at FC United and obviously with Camp Shutout, you know, you mentor a lot of young goalkeepers that are getting ready for that collegiate experience. And I think one of the things that you all do so well is prepare them from not just a on the field standpoint, but a time management standpoint off the field. The, you're right, and in you know a good portion of my career has been on the on the college side where it is the day to day and it's the time management and do you have the resources of somebody traveling with you to proctor an exam and all these type of things that that happen at the college level and are you flying commercial are you flying private and does that help you from a time management perspective and the resources of Power Fives compared to others and those sorts of things are big are big deals. At the end of the day, I, I agree with Coach that that women women manage this much better than men. Um, that's not a, a shot at men. That's not a massive credit to women or anything. It's just a, an observation that they do. They just they're better at it. And um, I don't know, you know, why that is. We could probably go down many many different rabbit holes. But at the end of the day, they're just better. Um, you know, across the across the board. You don't from recruiting men for. 17 years you know you don't have a you don't have the the ease of recruit to an elite level institution like northwestern across the board that you do on the on the men's side um from grades and test scores and and different things so but you know the 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 challenge is this is that at the time of year where coach is right now playing in the ncaa tournament that's when also academically things are the toughest and so if you've been crap with your time management and you haven't been on top of it and you haven't seen your tutors that you probably should have seen for the past three months, well, the chickens are coming coming home right now this week. And um, that that ends up being a problem that sometimes coaches never know, you know, because they don't know what's really, really bothering them, a player, because they just they're too stressed about what they're going to get in their uh, in their academics. And, and by the way, uh, you know, Morgan and I are on the West Coast right now. So those are free range organic chickens that are coming home. Exactly. Sure. I don't want to piss anybody yeah. off. You're right. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Morgan, anything you want to add to that? Ah, no, nothing. I think you hit the nail on the head. It's good. I mean, I think, you know, one of the things, too, and obviously you're, you're talking about the NCAA tournament, you know, one of the things that, that comes into play, I think, especially when you're talking about young athletes and the academics. But like you're saying, this is kind of uncharted territory for Northwestern. You know, the, this is, you know, you're, you're trying to do something that, that that no team has done in in, in a while or, or, or has never done before. And does that added stress actually become a hindrance when it comes to academics for these young players? Um. I wouldn't necessarily say like an added stress. I think it's, it's a lot of excitement. It's kind of bubbling around. It's something that we've targeted a lot as a team is just that confidence piece. And I think that confidence piece factors in here a good bit as well, that it's like, even if you haven't been in this place before, you still are capable of, of managing all of it. Whether that just be the academic piece of it, the stage that we're playing on, like something that we've as a group and individually worked on a lot is just believing in yourself and knowing that you're going to get the job done. So that more than ever, it's kind of factored in here. Um, it's kind of been something that we've had to translate in different environments and kind of say that 
this theory, this belief in yourself uh, shows up in different spaces. And this is one that we're kind of doubling down on that, that this group hasn't been here before. We haven't been in midterms and trying to prepare for Vandy at the same time, but we are and we're capable of doing it. So just believing in that and keeping our ducks in a row. So it's kind of our headspace we're trying to stay in. <laughs> We got we'll ducks and chickens going on. We got a ducks, got a lot, a lot, a lot of poultry going on here. A we're, lot getting of poultry. we're getting a theme. <laughs> we're getting a theme. We're, def <laughs> we're, de we're definitely getting a theme. I think, you know, you know, one of the things that, you know, Stan, that you brought up right there in regards to like resources, you know, and this is something that I, I kind of want to talk about before we kind of get into today's topic, because it is going to come into play when we're talking about like, you know, bringing players back from injury. You brought up the power five conferences versus a smaller let's say independent school or a state university that doesn't have the type of funding that, you know, a, a big, a big power five school has, you know, does that, does that come into play when you're talking about, you know, and Morgan, I know off the air, we were talking about, let's just say some people doing more jobs than they should be at one time. Um, is, 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 is that kind of one of those things that Stan, you know, you've seen it. it, it I don't want to say that it's unfair, but let's just say that it's, it's challenging. Yeah. Well, it, it's certainly challenging when you don't have that support. You know, I'll drop three names, Tom Volman, Maureen Lewis, and Lewis Silva. And they've been at three schools that, that I've been at. And they are some of the more important people associated with your program. And they're all involved in academic support. And they're just massive as it relates to helping people, whether it's adding and dropping or communication or getting an exam or getting this handed in early or late or whatever the case may be. And, and certainly with the amount of money and the TV money and the different things that are happening in conference alignments and all that sort of stuff, you know, those things help uh, power five institutions. Um, and so other schools are, you know, trying to move here or there or what have you. And it's just the nature of the nature of the beast, but, you know, when you got, you know, USC and UCLA coming into the, into the big 10, you know, that's going to, that's going to bring a lot of money into them. And that money doesn't just go into the football coach's pocket. Um, it goes into support. And part of that is academic support inside the institution. And, you know, some of those people I mentioned, there's just one of them in a, in a, in a, in an academic athletic environment. And then in other places, there's multiple, um, they're really invaluable people that, that do so much for their for their student athletes it's just they're they're unheralded um they should be in team pictures they should be on senior night you know the whole thing because they're they're there the entire journey with somebody from entering into school to leaving and really really helping in the in a massive part of what the the college student athlete experience is you know, I saw Morgan nodding her head while that was going on. Morgan, I mean, you know, we were we were joking around in regards to the fact of like, you know, having to like, you know, do lunch orders and and those sorts of things. But I never even thought about the people, you know, behind this behind behind the scenes, you know, doing the work with the with the academics, you know. And is it is it something that you, you know, specifically over at Northwestern really try to uh, do a good job because academics is so important at Northwestern to make sure that your players are in sync with all their academic resources? Oh, for sure. It's uh, something I think our academic advisors are like above and beyond with is they kind of have your life raft on you before your head's underwater. And we're just trying to get above like the resources that they from day one, it's like mandatory for our student athletes, whether it's group learning or tutoring or different stuff like that. Like they're phenomenal. I know exactly what Stan was saying. Like they're game changers within the lives of our student athletes. I think another thing that they've been helping with too is COVID year. 
how do you navigate kind of graduating early and trying to see, can I get into a master's program earlier and take my fifth year here? Is that something that I'm trying to stretch out my graduation? Am I doing a post-fac? Um, so them kind of being tasked with this brand new thing in college athletics that everybody's trying to kind of figure out what the heck's happening uh, with COVID years. Like they're doubling down on their um, effectiveness within that as well. Just the lives of our student athletes. Like they're amazing, amazing, amazing. I never even thought about that, you know, and, and Stan, I want to talk about this before we move on to the next topic right here, but with the COVID years thing, we have goalkeepers coming into their athletic prime while they're still competing at university. Is that changing the college landscape? Cause you're talking about, you know, you know, adult men and women, you know, playing against for lack of a better term, children, you know, 24, 25. Yeah. You know, the, what I shared today, which I don't expect that everybody found what I shared today, but you know, Matt Turner sat for two years at Fairfield. And so here he is now you fast forward maybe from that moment, eight years, and he's going to be a starting goalkeeper for the men's national team in Qatar. You're going to have in college situations, a potential sixth year guy um, going against a, a, a freshman, uh, either striker midfielder, or even battling with a, a freshman goalkeeper at 18 years old versus maybe 23. It's a, it's a, it's an odd um, period of time that exists. I think goalkeeper wise, you're, you're smarter to stay in a college environment. I'll speak from the men's side in particular, you're smarter to stay in as opposed to going out and going into a USL two or maybe into a championship, because just as it, it was for Turner at Fairfield, it's going to be hard for you at a championship. It's going to be hard for you at an MLS side to get games. Like it's been hard for Fred Emmings and Eric Dick and Eric Lopez and Beckham Sunderland and, you know, on and on those guys, it's been tough for them to get games. And so if you can be that guy, that's maybe in a fifth or a COVID year, then certainly, you know, get that, um, get that, that experience and, and get those match that those match minutes in under your belt and, and run with it. Morgan, you know, obviously on the women's side, you know, the depth of the NWSL, I mean, there's only so many opportunities there. And, and we've talked about this, you know, tremendously on the show and we've had so many different guests on who are playing overseas at different clubs at different in different countries and everything like that. So there are a lot of other opportunities, but in the women's game, a little bit differently than in the men's game, the division one level is one of the highest levels out there in the world, despite the fact that it is a youth development uh, league. Um, so does that make it a little bit more, for lack of a better term, easier to recruit grad players to stay and, and, and to compete and to come into your program, even though they've, they've finished off at another university? I feel like I would I would agree and disagree with that because it's so okay. exciting that there are so many opportunities that it's like you can get out there and you can go have these different experiences overseas or here. Um, but I do think that education is something that is forever valued. Um, so if they're like, if I can go and continue to play and continue to develop for an extra year in this environment and get a master's and get a post back or whatever, and that's kind of setting me up to double down and I can still play after that. Um, yeah, I think it's it's honestly kind of circumstantial for each, but I feel like that, like you said, that college environment uh, is at a really high level, and you're developing a good bit within it. So I I yeah. see I see both sides of it. For me, I'm like it's I think it's just so incredibly exciting the opportunities for for women now to play and continue to play. So I feel like me, I'd be like, yeah, let's go, <laughs> but maybe not the smartest. <laughs> on, on that NWSL side, there has not been a rookie stepping into the league 
and getting minutes um, in, in league play, you know, maybe outside of league play, but no one has stepped in whoever that may be that's heading into the, into the league. Um, And, and, you know, just like on the guy's side, it's hard as well. Roman Celentano is a rare, a rare instance. So it's hard. It's hard to get those, uh, those minutes and everybody wants to be a pro, but not everybody's uh, capable of, of the patience of a pro. Well, one one thing that a pro can do is they can come back from injury. Do you see the segue right there into hey. the topic? Look at that. Uh, <laughs> all our all the pros out there are very, very good at coming back from injury. And also, by the way, shout out to Maxime Cropo. Obviously, a very difficult situation that's going out with him. Uh, in my mind, you are still a World Cup uh, goalkeeper. Uh, so shout out to you and the wonderful uh, staff over at over at LAFC. Uh, obviously, Omar Zini at, at Las Vegas Lights, which I believe is now called LAFC two uh starting next year as they're joining the mls pro league um but morgan uh for some people out there who don't know what we're talking about when we're talking about like goalkeepers returning there's a difference between returning to play and returning to train right for sure um for me i feel like any kind of returning from injury you sort of see i look at it in like two categories you have like the mental side of it and then the actual physical training and demands within it i feel like when you think of return to train that's more of an emphasis on like physically, like an understanding of, am I at 60%? Am I at 70%? What is my new normal? And then there's obviously some different mental factors within that, but then returning to play is more of like, do I feel confident? Do I feel decisive? Do I feel like I'm up to the speed of play? So I feel like it's kind of, you have to have that return to train, obviously the physical competency and feeling like I can, have different demands within my responsibilities as a goalkeeper that I can reach within whatever new normal I'm operating in. And then how do I then kind of funnel that into how does that impact me within the actual run of play? And that's where it gets funky within your environment and how fast those things sort of coexist potentially. Cause I mean, in the fall in the college environment, it's so hard. Um, and if it's a little bit obviously different in the spring based off of that and in club versus pro environments, I'm sure all different as well, but that's kind of how I approach the two um, more emphasis on mental versus physical and the return to play versus physical and mental on return to train. Yeah. You know, I, I love one of the things that you just said right there and, you know, and Stan, you know, this is something that you, you talk about consistently. And, and the reason, the reason I'm bringing you up is because just outside of obviously your collegiate responsibilities and your club responsibilities with camp shutout, you have the, the capability of not only mentoring young goalkeepers getting ready for college, but a lot of goalkeepers that are in the collegiate environment come back and they assist at camp shutout throughout the summer. And I've seen some of them coming back from injury, you yeah. know, or, or, or still not at a hundred percent, you know, the mental aspect, because what I've seen personally, and even my own experiences is that I might physically be there, but I don't believe it mentally when I'm coming out on that cross or that through ball. And because yeah. of that, I end up re-injuring myself. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's a sport within a sport, isn't it? Um, and, you know, everything the coach said is, is 100% accurate, and that's gold. Um, I, I think for a goalkeeper, you know, just as we talked about the relationship with the academic advisor, the relationship with sports medicine is just equally as important that, you know, they understand that this person is not coming back to run five to seven miles a game. This person's coming back to, in essence, enter into an explosive environment, a collision-based environment. Environment. Um, so that that build back to to uh, sensibility is is huge. Oh, I think we just lost Stan. You no, know, yeah, there we oh. go. 
Oh, there you are. <laughs> somebody, somebody didn't know I was on Inside the 18 and had the audacity to call me. Oh, uh, my God. So. <laughs> who, would do, who would do Rude. such a thing? But exactly. Probably Shamrock so, the dog. I think Shamrock yeah, that's the dog right. is trying to. Yeah. That's right. But, around. you know, the, the mental side is, is that, you know, I think that's why for a goalkeeper that you would see a lot of very simple stuff first. Maybe that's just logical. But, you know, the if it's non-hand related or wrist or, or forearm related or even elbow related, you know, just simply some handling to get back to a sense of identity and normalcy. And then from there, you know, you can just start going, okay, I can, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. I can do that. Maybe I can, I can collapse and before I explode and, you know, all that sort of stuff. But I, I think that the difference for us is the mental side is that, you know, the reality is we're going to probably have more of a collision in our near future than somebody that's in the middle of the park, possessing the ball and trying to, to, to break a line. Um, we might be going in at somebody and not to bring Maxime up again, but we might be going into a situation like that, which is a little bit different and um, <clears throat> more on the reg than it is for a 10 or an eight or you know, a six probably has that type of, of approach to play. But uh, you know, it's a, it's, it's just a different, a different mentality and it's a, it's big time need for a goalkeeper for sure. You, you know, Morgan, uh, and, and we're going to bring up some of these pictures right now. And thank you. Thank you for sharing all this all this content right here. Uh, hopefully Vanderbilt's not watching any of this right now. Uh, hopefully everything. <laughs> not, none of this is groundbreaking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I did want to bring up kind of before we start kind of sharing some of these pictures right here, the load management, because I think mm. that's one of the problems that I see a lot of times. It's like because the goalkeeper will tell you, oh, I'm good. I'm good. I want another rep. Yeah, let me give me give me. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And again, we're our own worst enemy. I, I think personally, at least I am. You know, and and we're and, and we're, you know, we're we believe that we can do anything or want to prove to others that we can do anything right there. So how do we, as assistant coaches, as goalkeeper coaches, you know, explain it to them? Hey. This is not a, 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 a this is not a, a detriment to you. This is actually a benefit to you that we're managing your load. Yeah, for sure. I think a big piece of that is just knowing your goalkeepers um, and kind of helping use your platform to save them from themselves sometimes because there's always that like there's so many positives to being like a go-getter and I want to grind and I want to improve and da-da-da-da, but the load management is something that um, even from a science side, it's kind of hard to get completely accurate. So that relationship that you have to create with your goalkeepers for them to be fully upfront with how you're feeling, that relationship that you have to create with sports performance, that you have to create with athletic trainers as well, of like in their expertise, like what is a reasonable return to play? What does that look like in their mind? Um, is there stuff that we can be doing that if it's a lower extremity injury, how can we still um, ask or like incorporate other aspects of being a goalkeeper within. So it still feels like they're doing something, even though it's not like running themselves into the ground. Uh, with our goalkeepers here, I like color code everything. Like from a periodization plan, everything's either yellow, green, red, orange, um, in regards to like the load of the, my actual session that I'm running, uh, that's individualized to each goalkeeper. And then I ask them every morning to, how are you guys feeling? Um, and that's kind of on that same scale of yellow, green, red, whatever. Um, and I'll ask them, it's three different categories. So first one is mental. How are you feeling? And that could be from a soccer standpoint. That can be from 
I've midterms this week or I family stuff going on. So we always ask like their colors then. And then I'll ask from like a soreness standpoint, how are they feeling? So that's kind of that abrupt, like we lifted yesterday. My handies are a little bit heavy or my handies are a little bit tight. And then I'll ask them from a heaviness standpoint, which is like, that's kind of what I'm getting at is that general load that's kind of accumulated. Do you feel springy? Do you feel super heavy because you're not sleeping well, because we had a lift, because you're returning to play and you're not used to it. So I check in with them before every session, kind of opening up that dialogue there to kind of see how they're feeling on that day, present in that moment before they're about to step into the session. And then we kind of determine the load off of that. Uh, but the relationship piece is huge there and getting an understanding of like, it's okay to not be okay and on every single day. That's not my expectation. And that sure as hell shouldn't be your expectation and saying that that is fine because the path to recovery is something that they have these expectations that like, I'm going to start back up right where I left off. And that's just not accurate and helping them kind of find that common ground of what does that return to play from a mental side and a physical side kind of look like, but the load management, I feel like is just a fine science of balancing all of that long-winded answer, but that is, that's the biggest piece here in my opinion. No, you know, and I, and I think one of, one of the things that you brought up right there, and, and Stan, I want to bring this up with you, and then and then we'll get to these pictures right here, but I think this is a really good tangent to go off of right here, is that, you know, you've had this conversation with me before in the past in regards to, you know, we're not supposed to be the goalkeeper's best friend. We're supposed to be their coach, which means that, that, that sometimes – they're not going to like to hear what we have to say, right. you know, and th these are difficult conversations that we have to have. have. Have you ever been in a situation and how have you handled it when a player didn't agree with you and sure. was, was taking it out on you or, or went to the other authorities and said, Hey, so-and-so is, you know, you know, putting me in this place and I feel that I'm ready to go. And, and, and I disagree. Sure. You know, from an injury perspective, we'll talk about that first and then the load management, if that's okay. But from an injury perspective, I'm always going to refer to to Brian Yonka, to John Oxenwald, to, uh, you know, on and on and on, Lauren Falk, all the people that we, I've worked with in the past that they're the one, they're the experts and that's their field. And my, my job is on the field from a technical tactical standpoint and to try to to make that help that player achieve something that maybe they can't even see achieving at the end of the day, in order to even get there, you've got to get cleared by sports medicine, whether that be concussion protocol, whether that be coming back from ACL, whether that be a shoulder dislocation, subluxation, who knows? So the, the deference is to them. And when they say, okay, then it's all right, let's, let's see. And then you're using your experience and, you know, I'm sure Morgan's had her share of injuries and, We've all had our share of injuries. And so you pull from those things and you go, all right, you know, that doesn't look normal. That collapse looks like you're favoring your elbow. That, you know, that, that, that push to collapse looks like you're, you're tucking your knee in and you're not wanting to push and get your weight onto that, onto that leg. So those things are, um, are, are difficult. And so you've got to just say, look, I don't, I don't think you're ready. Let's give it another day. Let's give it another day. Let's give it another day. And, you know, it is what it is. Fortunately, from the load management standpoint, um, I, what I have chosen to do is do my best to avoid the injury. So meaning that, you know, it's like an NFL running back. You only have so many hits before you start really wearing down your career. 
And for a goalkeeper, at whether that be 14, whether that be 18, whether that be 22 um, or, or older, you only have so many, so many times that you're going to be able to dive and fly and dive and fly before you're really, it's really going to take its toll on your body, your hips, your shoulders, you know, it, it's going to take its toll. Bushy, all he wanted to do was, was work, you know, and when we were at the first team, he wanted to be out working. He said, I could get hurt training. I could get hurt in the games. And I wanted to, to, to lessen his load. Um, so at, at the end of the day, I, I, I don't, I just take a coach player relationship and I've got to be the coach in, the, in those moments and some aren't going to like it. And I've had plenty that didn't like it to your question, but you just stand firm in your, in your experience and confidence and not arrogance that I don't think this is right. This isn't, this isn't what you should be doing. There's plenty of coaches that I know that want to fly the goalkeeper all day long. I'm just not a, a believer because I think it leads to injury. Those moments can be accomplished without training every single day, I, I believe, for the elite. Um, so I try to avoid as best as possible. Load management is done with a match on Saturday and in, in, in an in ideal college situation. No training maybe on Monday. Tuesday, Wednesday, you can get a little bit of that in. But other than that, you're kind of lightening up as you, as you get, to, get to the match. If that so makes any sense. No, it, it totally makes sense. So speaking, speaking of that, let, let's go into this and, and Morgan, why don't you kind of explain to us find the first off the picture that we're seeing right here and match day minus what are we looking at here and, and, and what the scenario is from an injury uh, re return standpoint. Yeah. So this is match day minus one, I believe. So you'll see our goalkeepers in here, a big piece of kind of what Stan was saying that you don't have to be, flying and hitting the ground multiple times like I think a big piece of this is speaking with your goalkeepers about there's things that you can do that you're investing in your craft that don't mean that you have to be exhausted at the end of it like doing different eye tracking stuff doing different mobility stuff doing different um like we do tennis tennis ball coordination stuff like ad nauseum film all of the above like that is still investing in your craft that's still making you a better goalkeeper even if you're not out on the training ground flying around like a crazy person um so as we work into this, you'll see our three goalkeepers, um, the one closest to the bottom of your screen. Um, and I did get the okay with her that I could share this medical information. Um, she mid-season had a hand injury to her left hand and was out. So this is about two days actually after she was injured. And it's just incorporating her back in. So some of the stuff that our goalkeepers have been emphasizing is just in your frame reacting using the correct surface of your foot and just kind of how can we utilize a kick save a little bit more efficiently? They tend to just kind of sweep their laces out or they're back on their heels or stuff like that. So this is just different hip mobility stuff. This is one of the first things we did after their warm up, um, And it's just kind of eye tracking with the ball coming in. How am I reacting to it? Um, just kind of correct or taking the correct surface on it. So super simple stuff here. Like I said, none of the stuff that I showed today is wildly groundbreaking. It's just how can we get something for all three of our goalkeepers, including our injured one, um, and have them still engaged within the session. Something that I think is incredibly important for young coaches or coaches of, of all ages is just having full goalkeeper engagement throughout. Um, so yeah, we can kind of go to the next little nook here. Sure. Is that from- uh, We're also right. using uh, using mini balls right within this as well. So, okay. and let me kind of preface, preface this. This ball's coming across super slow. So again, the keeper that's acting right now, she is the injured one. So. I am an absolute stickler on the efficiency of your movement and kind of 
dialing back the speed of some of these cutback movements. And so we can really, really focus in on how does that feel? Are my hips low? Especially in female goalkeepers, the efficiency of your hips and the balance of your hips and the impact within how that kind of expands all of your movement and different goalkeeper demands uh, throughout the rest of our demands as a goalkeeper, I think is so important to focus on. So we just kind of pair this all back and we pair that with visualization as well. So it's like, okay, you see this person, the ball's cut back, everything's super slow down, feel yourself breathing, feel yourself actively tracking a ball and then using your peripheral view to see who is that target that's coming on it. So we just rewind, put, I always joke with them because we have uh, videos you can kind of see from this, this camera here, we have the little Spidio things. So I'm like, this is like 0.5 on Spidio. You're just really, really refining all of these movements. And it's something where it's still keeping her engaged. She can still actively move her hand out that's injured that she might feel kind of hesitant to do so. It's a safe environment for her to kind of do that and feel that shape still, despite the fact that she has that injury. Um, Morgan, can I, can I yeah. go back to here real, real quick? I just want to bring something up here with, with Stan too, because, yeah. you know, I think one of the things I really love about this here is just, you know, and you, 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 Morgan, you were bringing this up, you know, Stan, about, you know, versatility and like understanding, like you're, you're, be, find creative ways to incorporate all your goalkeepers, despite the, the difficulties or the circumstances that you're in right here. And my gosh, this is something we don't work on enough. I don't, I, I, I at least I don't in regards to the mobility and the striking with the ball, with the feet like this and in, in this type of a scenario right here. I, I, yeah. hear me out on this so don't get like pissed off at me at the first sentence here i i find this hilarious in a good way meaning everything coach is doing and the players are doing is great i relate to it i love it i agree with it i would do it i'm thinking what the midfielders and defenders and forwards are looking at the the session and they're going <laughs> yeah those guys are really training they're absolutely <laughs> training and that's where I say it's a sport within a sport. And that's where I didn't want you to think I was trying to rip on this by any means. This, this is, this is unbelievably valuable, but you, you know, you think about the rest of the people on the team and they're like, what are those guys doing? You know, really, what are they doing? And yes, it is, it is hip mobility. It's, it's simply understanding what you're going to do in that fraction of a second that you have to decide that what I'm going to do, and this is what I'm going to do. And I have to shape that save. So it doesn't go right back to where the shot came from, but it goes somewhere else. And all these things are not just innate. They don't just happen. And so kudos for an exercise like this to be able to, you know, put goalkeepers into that mindset where they understand that, yes, okay, here's the shot moment and here's my shape moment. Fantastic. I think, I, I think it's great. You know, yeah, I, I feel like there's I, so I, many I, times they look over and they're like, what? Wait, there's one later in here that I can guarantee you you're going to be like, what is going on? And I'm just going to give the, just let me explain what it happens. Yeah. But half yeah. the time I feel like they look over and they're like, okay, but yeah, yeah. this is just a little, little warm up phase, but I appreciate that. Yeah. And, yeah. and and not, not to toot our own horn or anything like that, but that's one of the reasons why we, why we created the union app is because, you know, on social media out there, there's a lot of context lost whenever people share pictures. And, and what, one of the reasons is because the mediums are, don't really allow you to, sh to give context to it. It's more just, you know, uh, TikTok, you know, you got 10 seconds. Well, you better, you better impress me in, ten, in, in three seconds here. Well, that doesn't really help from a learning standpoint, you know, or, or even on, a, on an Instagram feed and the AI looks at it and they go, that's not a top corner save. You know, we're not going to show that to anybody. So, right. you know, that, I mean, again, I'm, I'm, I'm not, and this is not an infomercial, but I'm just saying, you know, there, there is a reason why, and, and, and guys go out there and just try to find the right resources, whether it's the union or, or wherever that you can actually get context for these pictures that you're seeing. Um, Morgan, 
I want to bring up from an injury standpoint, I want to start doing this more because I can't tell you how many goalkeepers I've seen, including myself, who have gotten a hyperextended knee or 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 an ankle or a twisted ankle or something like that on a split or a block save because we don't ever work on it from an actual mechanics standpoint. Or they're not set. Yeah. 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 So I think that's and I we so again kind of it talked about earlier like pairing with our um, our athletic trainer and our sports performance and I talked about how we have green days, yellow days, red days, stuff like that. So our goalkeepers, we have like a Google drive that they can go in and we have like a thing called green days that if it's like, if they're just at home or if they have off, like what does an off day look like? Cause usually they're like off from soccer. That means I have this time to go do more soccer. And we're like, no, 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 no. That's like a recovery day. So we have a green day folder that has different hip mobility stuff that has different like eye tracking stuff. We have a little app that's on there that they can go in and do this little cell phone, iPhone tracking, I mean, uh, eye tracking game. So trying to give them as much resources as possible. Um, but stuff like that, like I said, it's not tasking, it's super minimal. And it has like, I think large impact. Like I'm incredibly nitpicky on like the little things and just being as efficient as possible for just that fine margin to kind of gain an advantage and building that into all of our sessions is something I'm pretty passionate about, but yeah, it looks weird. It looks weird. A lot of times people are like, what the <laughs> hell is she doing over there? But, um, also, prefer, uh, another preface here, I don't have a rebounder, so I just punch the ball. So if you're like, what is she doing? It's just, That's like my weekly therapy is when we do rebound sessions. Just get to punch it. Um, big big, big again, 10 school, no have, rebounder? No rebounder, big 10 school? Okay. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to pencil that into the budget. Say that louder. I'll take me off, off speaker so my head coach can hear that wherever he is. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, big, big, big 10 wait, school, no rebounder? You can get crazy catch, like 30 bucks? What? Yeah, crazy. M, M Station <laughs> is another one. M Station <laughs> is another one. Yeah, send me all uh, the links. All the links. We'll use the discount codes for sure. Um, oh, my God. But, yeah, so here, again, session topic was just different. Uh, match day minus one. So getting kind of sharp reaction stuff in, being off our line. How do we feel getting back? And then engaging Riley, like I said, again, um, in this session. So as you'll see here with this one, honestly, I drew this up and I was like, I hope this works. I have a theory that it might work. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Um, but we have Riley working on some back to bar stuff with her good hand or like back post, back six crossing stuff. She's super dominant in crosses and she's super brave in crosses, but she tends to miss hit the ball a good bit. So we have it like now she's very much so targeting like her target is to get it to that goalkeeper that's in the, the six. Um, and then obviously our goalkeeper that's in goal is working on positioning. How is she basing her positioning off of where Maddie Lowe is, our, our goalkeeper that's on the six that's punching the ball? How is she basing her starting point off of where she is? How is she basing her starting point of the fact that Riley could also completely miss hit it and hit it into the big goal and she's still responsible for covering that space? So a couple of, for example, right there. Um, <laughs> perfect timing. Um, not ideal from Riley, but ideal from fostering an open scenario, multiple things. Um, but yeah, a little bit of everything going on here. Good I, I, I use of human resources. Yeah. Trying. Really good, good really good use of human resources. And I also want to bring up that that fact too, Stan, because that, that's a really good point. Because I think a lot of times, a lot of young coaches, at least, at least I know I've made this mistake in the past, is when a player is, let's just say, limited, you know, I panic and I go, oh, well, what – I don't know, just sit there and watch or something like that, as opposed to trying to find, well, how can I still make this time effective for them where they're active and learning and being productive? Yeah. Well, you know, I think good habits start early. And 
for us, if we have a goalkeeper, let's say in our, you know, generally our 12 to 18 year old window at FC United, we're going to, if that kid is injured and the, the leg is injured, well, they can come and work on their hands a little bit. They can help us serve. They can work on their core. If their hand is hurt or elbow or shoulder or whatever, then they can come and work on their feet. So there, there's plenty to still work on, even though they're injured, no matter the extremity. Um, core is, is massively important. So for them to just simply, simply be amongst the union and get in some core work is outstanding also. So, you know, they can, they can get stuff, plenty of stuff done um, to build themselves back either uh, or just simply make themselves better or that right foot is hurt. Um, but you can still apply pressure on the foot. Well, let's work on your left foot then in distribution. And, um, you know, that, that part is huge and it separates one goalkeeper from another or a goalkeeper puts them at the top of a group. Um, when you end up utilizing moments like that, perhaps of injury and RTP, then you can, uh, you can still get yourself in a, in a good spot to get yourself back on the field and use the, use the time that you have available to you to make yourself better. You know, it, it's, I think a good. Go ahead, Morgan. Sorry, real quick. I think a good piece of that too, because a lot of times, like, it's easier if like a goalkeeper has upper body injury to put them in, and they're in some way, shape, or form just serving, but still putting some like context to the serving. So it's like to them, it's like, okay, pretend you're hitting a chip ball that has to get over their forward and into our eight or over their forward that's pressing you from this side and into our wing back so trying to put some actual like context in there too so they're not just like oh i'm just acting as a forward it's like no you're still doing actions that are completely relevant to the demands of your position um i think that's pretty helpful too within that we're going to back into sessions i had somebody go after me on social media a, a while oh, back God. and this was because of bringing a player back from injury and they said and they it, I unquote in exclamation points and not in the politest way possible. So shout out to this lovely person, but uh, I love the, this is, this is one of the reasons why you can't be anonymous on the union uh, is, um, is they said a player who is injured is injured. How dare you put them in a situation where they're going to get injured again? And I said, I think you're completely mis misreading the situation here. Because if a player doesn't do anything until they return, and, and again, like Stan said, you know, I talked to the medical professionals on what they say a player is capable of doing, what they're not capable of doing. But if you wait, if they just sit around at home for six weeks until they come back, you 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 know, in the college season, <laughs> it goes quick. Yeah. That's six weeks of development that's gone. <clears throat> Without a doubt, and you know, they're what they do in, in that training room and is, you know, they're, they're probably going to have access to better there than they would on a USL championship side, perhaps even some MLS sides. So, you know, the, the, the amount of, of, um, of resources that there are in a training room on a college campus. And then again, especially at a power five, it's tremendous. It's absolutely tremendous what they're what they have available to them. So except for a rebounder, except, yeah, for, a except, rebounder. except for an M station rebounder available at keeper goals. Um, <laughs> you're you're absolutely correct. But at the end of the day, I um I uh I think that's a it's it it's a big deal to have that experience. You know, 
who was the we don't <clears throat> I guess need to say his his young his name, but the young man who had the the youngster he hurt his hand and he in the uh, in training and he was a real prominent quote unquote GK influencer and it really derailed a lot of his training for a long time because he he put himself in a tough situation and and hurt the goalkeeper. That awareness is really really important um, pre and post injury. By the way, Suleiman, please let, let us know where in the world you're watching the show from. We always love to hear from our fans, but that's a really good point, what you just put right over there in the comments section. Uh, Morgan, let's uh, let's move on to this next picture here. So what's what's going on here, and, and what's the rehab situation? This is the one I was talking about, so bear with me. Um, okay. So we have, again, kind of returning to play like demands of the goalkeeper. So you'll see our goalkeeper here is sitting on a physio ball. So you can sit on the physio ball kind of in that same shape that you would be in like a close range shot where you're getting set and it kind of rolls you into your split. So it kind of helps you into um, that movement with your hips and it gives you pretty instant feedback if you do not, because then you will roll backwards off of it. So you will see Riley learned the hard way a couple of times because you'll see her kind of flop back. Um, but it's that same concept of I'm taking a little bit of the strain off of my legs. So I'm not just holding that position and getting different reps that are fatiguing my legs and trying to do this, but I'm still putting myself in a space that again, gives me instant feedback um, and creates a little bit of less of a strain there. So there you see her kind of leaning back yeah. as she leaned back and it rolls under her as opposed to if it's, if you're sitting there in the right spot and you go down and react into your, into your splits and you have your foot pointing in the proper direction, usually the physio ball should kind of pop out from under you and it kind of guides you gradually in there. The two panels on the outside, we have little pop-up. <laughs> so this was me trying not to have to chase soccer balls all over the field. Um, we have, they usually say like Chicago's Big Ten team and they're up for game day. So I, they were still out there. So I stole them to be on the side. So if we hit a ball, they didn't just ricochet. They just kind of funneled into a space. So some call me resourceful, some think I'm losing my mind, but I wanted to give the context behind why there's two massive panels there. Um, but yeah, this one also we're using with mini balls as well. So it gives, again, pretty instant feedback of, am I hitting it with a proper foot? Am I leading in the right directions? How is my balance? Um, and it's, again, this is two days after she was, she was injured. So keeping her engaged, keeping her working on different parts of her craft there. But I love the, the physio ball too. I think this is a good one if they do have a lower body injury too of just doing handling on it or doing different stuff with like their strong foot. If it's like a foot injury or it's the left side of them, you can still target that other side without a strain there. We had a keeper with a little bit of a hip tweak in the spring and this was big time for her because it took the strain off of all of her muscles, trying to support her hip that was already kind of uncomfortable and just sort of put her in that space and she could still do different um, either eye tracking stuff or responding to, to some kind of stimuli there. So first, first try just I about everything I can. What, what, what I want to bring up first off, Stan, is can you get those barriers at M catch? Can you, can you do that? Is that available? <laughs> M station. M station. No. Okay. M station. Okay. No, no, you can't. Keeper goals <laughs> is the source, but keeper goals um, is the source. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, no, I don't, I don't think you can. Uh, I'd like to get those logoed though, to be quite honest. So <laughs> yeah. whatever, whatever it is, I'd like to, to throw some logos on there. There, there we go. Uh, uh, no, but I, I, I want to bring this up right here because the mini balls, Morgan, you've obviously been talking a lot about the mini balls right here. I don't think a lot enough goalkeeper coaches out there utilize. We all have them. 
because we all work with youngers as well, too. I mean, at least unless you're just purely in a college environment, let's be honest, most of us also work in a youth environment, too, uh, unless, you know, you're uh, one of the the chosen few uh, out there uh, who can can uh, just do that. But uh, we have them. And a lot of times we're like, ah, well, what, what, you know, it, why is it so beneficial for older goalkeepers to work with the mini balls. And obviously you brought up the, the smaller, smaller surface, but what other activities do you bring them up with? Uh, we we'll use like, I, I don't really use them really at all within different handling stuff. Or some people are like, if you're like, Oh, I, if I am like juggling with it, okay, smaller surface, that's fine. But I wouldn't use it for handling. So I'm just not going to use them at all. Uh, we'll do like shoulder stability stuff. If it's just like back, so you can just kind of palm it and go, you're tracking something, but anything really like in tight, like we'll do, different like 1v1 sessions where you're coming in so your angles are even more drastic so it's basically like if you can get your foot to a mini ball or if you can create a shape that's tight enough from a case save standpoint that's blocking a mini ball it's probably going to be as efficient uh with the regular soccer ball so it's just really refining that and then you kind of gradually work back in a normal size soccer ball and it um seems easier for the goalkeeper in a way so it's kind of a little bit of mind games there to a certain extent but um I use them as much as possible. We use tennis balls from just, like I said, uh, hand-eye coordination stuff or working on different peripheral vision stuff. We use volleyballs a lot. Again, just like Sam was mentioning earlier, just risk of injury, trying to avoid as many contacts as possible. We'll just use volleyballs and they'll just smoke those off of, <laughs> off of one another We're in, in different close range stuff. Um, yeah. So yeah, we, yeah. we emphasize, so we do, we, I mean, Mandy probably should already know this at this point, we play in a three back. So people can tend to get around that. So we face a lot of cutback stuff. So we've emphasized a lot of this different in tight reaction stuff within our, our goalkeeper realm. So volleyballs, mini balls galore in our environment. Stan, anything you want to add? Well, if you're really committed to the craft and obviously coach is, you find ways to, to lessen the load for the right reasons. It's not lessen the load because it's less load for me. It's less mm-hmm. load for them. But there, there are some that think the other way. I'm not saying a ton, but there are enough. But you just got to be a little bit creative and understand how, how can you, how can you, you know, in your in your head, commit to the goalkeeper to make this still useful but lighten the load. And you know, another example would be, you know, back to the bar is a, is a heavy load exercise if you do a ton of them. You know, you you not only have to move and get up and get down and get up again. You know, you're doing that multiple times, and then you got to gauge the flight, touch, tip, whatever. Well, you know, doing that in water is quite helpful. Doing that over a mat, uh, you know, a, a mat the track and field uses is helpful. And and you know, I would say those people that that um, I'm still trying to keep this PG. So there's a lot of words that are going through my mind that I want to say, like, um, but those that that poo poo that idea. You know, look, I, I, I don't, uh, I'm not, I'm not buying what they're selling. At the end of the day, I want to make sure that I don't have a goalkeeper either land on their elbow or land on their shoulder. That's going to do it now in a game. I expect, you know, to pull this a, a little bit full circle. Uh, Northwestern is playing against Vandy, and their goalkeeper just pulled a ball out of the upper ninety this year, a couple weeks ago. That was a fantastic save. She got her feet right, got up, got a touch, boom, landed properly. That type of moment is crucial and you don't need to do it a thousand times to get that one. Um, but you can help somebody do it safely and properly without beating them into the ground. And, 
that you know when you see stuff like this i think it's uh i think it's great whether it be with uh with tennis balls or having a a a, a large ball to to get down on and, and get into a spread I, th- that this type of stuff is uh is great you don't have to be buried into into accomplishing these things yeah you know i I, lo- I love what you're saying right there um let's let's finish off with this last picture right here before we kind of start wrapping up the show and everything and i appreciate you guys taking the time obviously stan you know i know you've got to get to uh to a, a club commitment and morgan you kind of have to win and move on to the round of 16 so a lot going on on your plus i think there's a lunch i think there's a lunch coming up that, that you may or may <laughs> yeah, not be involved a- in <laughs> team lunch being delivered in about eight minutes so okay calls. um <laughs> so what's this last so picture this yeah, this is just, so this is more or less just a picture of um, just a little circuit activation in the beginning. I know we've kind of talked about them a little bit already, but what you don't see happening here is visualization. Um, I think that's something that when we're progressing our goalkeepers back in, that's something that I think is so impactful in the mental side of the game. Like their ability to visualize their self doing something successful, their ability to kind of reenact a time that they either found success or they almost found success, but then they kind of reshape it of like, okay, last time I went bottom hand, I should have gone top hand. Like them working through that motion of I'm out, I'm warming my body up, I'm doing a little drop step and then I go and I visualize myself and I pair it with an actual action. Um, So you'll see here, we're just doing some general handling and with me and the other goalkeepers are going to that middle part of the screen and they're just diving on a dead ball. I'm not a big fan of diving on a dead ball with this. It's more or less, this was our first cold day in Chicago. Um, so they were just getting their hips right. So just kind of getting up there and had two low dives and two smothers. Um, and then you'll see the person on the right side of the 18, just a little um, circuit of kind of like closing somebody out. You get set at that last cone. I'm set, I'm balanced. I gradually closed into the, the striker. I'm here and then I react. Um, so again, as they're going through this, they're visualizing um, a lot of times too within our session as we talked about returning to play it's managing that heart rate heart rate data is kind of hard to have be accurate obviously as goalkeepers we have gloves on so we can't actively take our heart rate within a session so it's something that I'll build in um, heart rate breaks where we pair that with visualization so I'll say like okay walk to the sideline and back envision as time that within those last reps that you were clean you made the save exactly how you wanted to how did that feel how was your heart rate how was your vision? Did you feel like you got set? Or did you, can you feel your hands in your gloves making that same save? And then play that through with one that you didn't handle and then envision yourself doing all those things and then catching it clean that next time. So as we build goalkeepers back in, visualization in general and how it impacts your confidence and your ability to, I personally think, transition speedier back into the game, pairing that into your training sessions, I think is huge. And so we do that basically every warm up. Um, either do it just a straight up visualization or mindfulness. And then we also pair that with different goalkeeper actions as we do our activation within our training sessions. And you can be injured, you can be completely healthy, you can be somewhere in between. And that's something as a goalkeeper you can control and you can always sharpen within your game. So that was like a just a little picture of somehow how we do it. Um, but I think that's from an injury standpoint, huge. But that's my, my point of view. <laughs> Anything you want to add to I think it's uh, as long as the goalkeepers are buying what you're selling and, you know, that that's what's important. Um, no matter anywhere we are across the world, people are doing things different. And um, as long as they're buying what you're what you're selling, I think everything coach is doing there is is fantastic. 
uh, and there may be some some guy, some girl out in Taiwan that's oh. a per- person person calling me again. Uh, you know, then then they may do it completely different. And lo and behold, you meet them on the world stage someday. Who knows? You know, do do they get measured by that one match? I I don't know. You know. It, that, that's why the mentality I think of, of anything in sport, not just goalkeepers, as long as, uh, as long as your athletes that you have a special relationship with are buying what you're selling, then the, the opportunities are endless and, and what you can accomplish is endless. Stan, I, I know, I know you got to get going right now. So here, so I just kind of want to bring this up with you because we've been talking a lot about the collegiate environment right now. And there's a lot of obviously, you know, listeners and watchers that are involved in the youth environment. Is this different in the youth environment than it is in the collegiate environment oh yeah oh yeah you know parents are highly involved if we're talking rtp parents are highly involved independent doctors are highly involved um which you know can be a good and a bad thing at the same time uh but oh it's massively massively different you know the 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 coaches aren't necessarily as aware um, maybe don't have enough, as much experience managing a, an injury. The unfortunately an unrealistic pressure to win that maybe sometimes they even put on themselves, um, and so they're putting players back into difficult spots too early um, because there's not that that uh, that sports medicine guy right on your touchline with your team. You know they're not there at training. You know the again those. The, the, the head coaches and the assistant coaches and the GK guys and girls, they, they, they all get a lot of publicity, but the, there, there are people that are massively involved in success of high level teams. And we talked about them already, the academic advisors, the sports medicine and uh, sport administrators and, you know, all these things, those people are huge. And at the youth environment, you just don't have that unless there's a massive commitment to have, you know, let's say at a, at a club like ours, literally five to seven, trainers that can be in multiple places at one time for the various platforms that we have it's difficult man it's and it's it's uh it is it is light years different than the collegiate level as far as rtp processes yeah uh morgan i know obviously you spent some time in the in the youth environment as we wrap up right here do you have any advice for any any young coaches who are struggling with what stan's talking about i think that one of the, the not to like pile on to the list of things that we were talking about that doctor's understanding of the demands of what a goalkeeper could do. Um, For me personally, I think why I'm so passionate about this is I was injured throughout my entire college career. And I was always like, what else could I be doing? What else could I be doing? And I, from a recovery standpoint, wasn't responsible about it. So as a coach, that's kind of like my, how can we still help your craft and develop you as a goalkeeper? Um, But a lot of times the people, like you said, that are making these big decisions don't actually understand the demands of what they're going into. So they're like, Oh, she's clear to run if she's coming back from an ACL. But it's like, do you see what a goalkeeper has to do in these certain situations that they might not be cleared. And then it's kind of on our plate to, like you said, with athletic trainers, whoever is in our environment to gradually get them back. But again, I just think use your resources as much as you can listen to your athlete as much as you can advocate for them to listen to their body as much as they can um, is I guess the biggest piece it's tough. I know the youth environment is, is super tough. That was, and you're also given different field spaces and different environments and different skill levels and commitment levels within that same environment. And you're trying to make it. So it's 
tailored to everybody and somebody's getting something out of it. And then you have parents who are like, I'm paying X amount of money for this hour long training session. And my kid's just over here doing X, Y, and Z. And you're like, oh my gosh. Um, so there's, like you said, it's a, there's a lot of buy-in to be like, they're getting better. They're getting better. It might look different, but there's yeah. there. So that's hard. Uh, God bless uh, the youth level. Well, speaking of the youth environment, we'll let we'll let Stan take off, and then we will we will uh, we will finish the dismount together right here. Stan, thanks for taking the time. Obviously, uh, Camp Shoutout Frozen uh, Frozen uh, shows coming up. Uh, if you want to plug that real quick, thank you. I appreciate it. All the best, Coach. Good luck to Northwestern, and uh, keep giving uh, inside the eighteen all the best. Cool. We understand. See you guys. All right. Cool. Uh, all right. So we will wrap up right here. Uh, Morgan, uh, first up, thanks for taking all the time. Uh, obviously this has just been really, really informative to a lot of young coaches out there and even older coaches out there who might necessarily be dealing with these types of frustrations. I know myself when I've been in those environments, it's been a frustrating thing and I've been on both sides and obviously you've been on both sides too. Um, I also spent a good deal. I spent my freshman year, uh, red shirting as a medical red shirt because of, a. Well, some stupidity off the field, but let's not talk about that. Uh, but but I, I went through that an entire process, and, and let's just say it was some positives and negatives from it. But um, if people, if more people want to connect with you out there regarding this, and I think, you know, especially with the season ending, you know, uh, well, hopefully not tomorrow, but, you know, within yeah, the next whoa. month. <laughs> <laughs> but with, with the season wrapping up in the next few weeks. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sometime, around Christmas, sometime around Christmas, sometime around Christmas, you know, I think you're going to be able to be a little bit more of an open book of what you, what you were going through this, this past year, you know, with, with, with the injury situation. Um, where is the best place for people to connect with you? Um, I'd say my Instagram, honestly. Um, I'm not sure if this is the time or place to tag that, but it's coach rule 22. I'm, I'm rather active on there to be able to, to respond there. I'm always open to, to connect. And this is something I'm super passionate about. Like I said, as a player that was on this side of it, um, as a coach, it's something that I'm really, really invested in trying to just share as much knowledge and then get knowledge back of how other people are doing stuff. Um, again, getting back to the, the visualization piece, that's something our head coach is really big on and that's super research-based. That's not something we're just pulling out of our butt to be like, imagine it and it'll happen kind of thing. Like there's a ridiculous amount of research. So I'm happy to share those articles. I'm happy to share different um, stuff that I've kind of gotten from and a lot of it too, like, just whatever you see in your environment like I've gotten stuff from our field hockey coaches I've gotten stuff from our football coaches from so on and so forth so use your environment as much as possible and see how can you make it um something that's specific to your goalkeepers but yeah I'm I'm always always down to help love that and, and if anybody out there has <laughs> any other resources or they have stuff that they want to share themselves uh do it on the union, honestly, guys. Everybody there who's been on there, shout out to all you guys. There's thousands yeah. of people sharing out there. It's a free goalkeeper soccer community on all platforms. That is a smart link right there. It is in the show notes as well. Share your own content. Subscribe. It is completely free. There is really no reason not to subscribe uh, and, and check it out and start DMing people on there. Um, because honestly, I'm not going to lie, unless I'm following you, unless Inside the 18 is or Pro GK Academy or anything, we don't see your DMs 
on traditional social media. So you're better off DMing us there. Uh, it's at goalkeeper podcast, or you can direct directly do it to me at Michael Majid. Uh, and I'm going to see it there. We can, we can start these conversations, but keep sharing on there guys. Honestly, it's, it's a really, really valuable resource. And I think a lot of people are going through kind of the same, uh, thing. Uh, obviously if you want to reach out for a guest suggestion or topic suggestion, contact at inside the 18 media.com or at goalkeeper podcast. Like I said, I should update that from all social so just the union so people stop doing it uh on the other ones uh, out there I, instagram doesn't need our love they're doing fine they've got billions of dollars they're doing good yeah um uh, morgan really <laughs> excited for tomorrow uh thank you again for the invitation uh hopefully uh hopefully we will get a chance to uh to wave hello uh while you're striking some balls uh at people right before hopefully the on game. frame hopefully on- <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i gotta gosh. get a good pregame meal good warm-up We'll get rolling. Um, do you have a do you have like a pregame like routine for yourself in regards to like warm up and everything like that? The like hip mobility, get all that dynamic movement yeah. in and all that you do? Yeah, I used to not. I used to literally just like hold a post, do a couple leg swings and go. And I think I am settling into an older age that I this season was like, oh my God, this hurts after. Like your girl needs to warm up. So learn the hard way you know, swallowed my pride a little bit. Now I do have a formal warm up. So grown up. We're, I love we're, it. We're I, growing. I always tell that to oh. people whenever, like whenever I'm talking to people that aren't goalkeeper coaches and they're like, Oh, you have an hour private. So like when you show up at like three 59, it's at four. I'm like, no, I'm there at three 30. <laughs> no. It's going to take me a half an hour to warm up before I can actually do anything. That's oh an hour God. and a half. Like private session. Exactly. Yeah. Um, all right, that. guys, that's, all the time on Inside the 18, and we are out. Later, guys. Yeah.